Leafs host the Blue Jackets tonight as an injured Maple Leaf could be making his return to the lineup. We'll tell you who that is and what it means for the club on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the April 4th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Launch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morsuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, also check us out on YouTube, Lockdown Leafs. Uh, we got new content coming out to you each and every day, uh, Monday through Friday, five days a week. So be subscribed to get that new uh, that new content. Um, bit of a uh, we got a game day today. We got Columbus coming to town here in Toronto, and uh, so we know that it is going to be a well. It's going to be a frustrating game because anytime that Toronto plays teams that are not in the playoffs, it typically turns out to be a frustrating night. Do you fully expecting that, David? Yeah, you kind of have to at this point. Like, just (laughs) if you think the Leafs are going to show, like, even the Blue Jackets have picked up some interesting wins, I will say. But they've also been trying to tank. Like, no team has tanked before for Connor Bedard. So, yeah, it's going to be tough to say for sure. But History would say, don't think the Leafs are going to be pulling this out in uh, convincing fashion, let's say. No, I don't. Uh, I do not think that'll be the case. Uh, before I go any further, I would like you guys to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Um, so there, was, uh, there wasn't a practice at all on Monday, so we're kind of... You know, not much news on the Matt Murray front uh, that we have for you. We will know more information throughout the duration of Tuesday when they get back to practice uh, in the morning ahead of ahead of the skate. I'm sure we'll have more information about Matt Murray then. But um, for now, though, Dave, like when we look at the goaltending schedule going forward, uh, I think it's probably in the Maple Leafs' best interest to, you know, just go go forward with Joseph Wall for a while here and um you know kind of give him a good run there's six games left i would imagine that he and Ilya samsonov probably just split the net three and three down the stretch here i would even say maybe not even three and three like does samsonov need to play a lot down the stretch here like even do like a four and two sort of deal at least you have a back-to-back so it's guaranteed that you're going to get Samsonov for one and then Joseph Wolf for the other one. Obviously, this is all determining that Matt Murray is going to probably be going to be done for the rest, at least the rest of the regular season, I would assume. So, yeah, I would say Joseph Wolf probably should get the bulk of the work because at this point, you got to you got to protect your guys. You got to protect the one that you think is that, you know, is going to be your game one starter heading into the playoffs. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, if you, if you want to bring up, I'm looking at the uh, the Leafs schedule right now. I don't know if you want to bring try and bring that up quickly, and we can kind of go over it and discuss which games we think you know Samsonov should get the start and which games they hand it to uh, to Joseph Wall. If you think it should be you know four two for uh, for Wall down the stretch as opposed to you know giving Samsonov that type of rest because I mean it does make sense a little bit only because now you look at it and we were anticipating. You know, maybe Samsonov wouldn't have to carry the bulk of the load through the playoffs. Where I don't think that's really a question now. It's 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 his job. He's the starter. It's no longer a tandem. It's not a one A one B scenario. He's the one clear cut one. And even if Matt Murray comes back, he's gonna have to be the two. And this is this is Samsonov's net. Um, you know, barring some sort of injury, I would say. So uh, he's never gone on a long playoff run. So maybe. These next two weeks, giving him a chance to uh, to rest up a little bit before this grueling playoff run, um, maybe that would be best case scenario. So uh, up on YouTube, we're just taking a peek at um, at the schedule remaining here for the Maple Leafs. So they got tonight's game against Columbus. They play Boston on uh, on Thursday. Then they've got Montreal on Saturday in Toronto, and then they're in Florida, in Tampa, in New York to uh, to end off the season. Um, and that Florida Tampa is a back to back there. So, I mean, Dave, are you thinking maybe the only games you really need Samson up to play? Perhaps you play him in in the Boston game and shoot, maybe maybe Florida, Boston, and Florida, and then you give Columbus, uh, Montreal, Tampa, and and New York to to Joseph Wall. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, if you want to give Samson, if you want to do the three and three, then maybe you do Columbus. Uh, you give Samson, you give Wool Columbus, you give Samson off Boston, Boston and Montreal. Actually, I'm, this is tough to really figure out. I think maybe you did you give them three straight starts in a row? Do you try to break it up? I think for sure you give him Boston. I want to see him at least have one game where he's challenged a little bit, and you don't want to just throw him easy. In Boston, that that in yeah, Boston. like get those road games right. The Boston, Florida, I think those ones should be a must mm-hmm. for Samsonov. And then now, it's funny you say that. I only say that because I don't trust Tampa to not run Samsonov. Like, yeah. is this also why you uh, yeah you think that uh, keeping him out of that Tampa game is a must? Not only that, don't don't let Tampa get any sort of scouting report of how you're going to shoot on him, right? Or how you how he kind of plays against you. So that that's another reason there too, um, yeah. And then like the final, like if you have to call up somebody from the Marlies, don't even have Samsonov an option to come into the game because you know that's <laughs> something that's possible with this Leafs team as well. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess if if there turns out to be some sort of injury to uh, to Matt Murray and they can put him on on IR or LTIR, then they would be able to open up some cap space. Even if Ryan uh, Ryan O'Reilly returns to call up another goaltender, so it actually would be possible for them to give Shalgren like backup duties for that game against uh, Tampa and, and New York if they really wanted to in games eighty one and eighty two this season. Yeah, like it, at this point in these last few games, if let's say the Leafs decide, oh, we're gonna play Samsonov like for the last six games, and he ends up getting hurt. Who looks dumb there, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's just no reason. Like, no, I I think three at most, three at the very most. We yeah. see Samsonov, and I I 
I feel like we'll see him in three games, but it, it could only end up being two games. Um, if we see him in three, it's probably, you know, Boston, Montreal. Maybe give him, give him, yeah, probably Boston, Montreal, and Florida, right? Give him those three games, and then he gets a week off until playoffs start, you know, the following week. And you, you let Joseph Wall take the, the the uh the game tonight in Columbus and then the game the last two games of the season against Tampa and New York. That's at the very most, but I wouldn't even be upset if it was just give him that road game in Boston, give him a road game in Florida, see how he plays on the road, because we still kind of do have those question marks. Mm-hmm. And that's all I need. That's all I need because at this point, he is so important to this team's success. Like wrap that man in bubble wrap and don't don't put him out there um, and, you know, risk, risk injury at the end of the day. Like I, I'm, I'm what I saw happen to Matt Murray. I don't know if you saw his Matt Duchesne too, took uh, what happened to him in the game against, did you hear about that by the way? About Matt Duchesne against uh, Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. did not sound very pretty. No. So for those who missed it, apparently uh, when he took his hand out of his glove to check and see when he took the slap shot to his hand, um, chunk of his finger was still left behind in the glove. Uh, so, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, we don't need anybody, anyone having those types of injuries. So I'm, I'm almost kind of going the other way with it where I, I saw the load management in the game against Detroit. And I'm like, you know what? I think that's okay. We can get a couple more of those, load management type of games for guys down the stretch here, kind of filter in a night off for this guy, night off for that guy. But the most important person who I want their load managed is Ilya Samsonov. And if that only means getting him into a couple of games, so be it. Joseph Wall, here's your opportunity to prove that you can be, you know, part of this team's present. We know he's kind of the goalie of the future, but can he be part of this team's present and give the team confidence um, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity for him too. hopefully he can run away with it. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, a, a lot of belief within the leaf system, you know, the Leafs organization and Joseph wall. And let's be honest, Matt Murray. I, I don't think many see a future with Matt Murray on this team, right? Like it, it, the, the Leafs need to eventually start seeing some of these younger guys that maybe have a little more, more of a ceiling than what Matt Murray has shown this season, right? Like Matt Murray's had some good games, but at the same time, he's had a lot of inconsistent play. Let somebody who's really let, let one of your younger guys that you have put a lot of time and development into eventually show what they can do. Um, We will continue to talk about uh, all things Leafs on the other side. We're going to play some cosine, no sign. We also, uh, May have an update, not really an update, but a possible report on Ryan O'Reilly. We'll get to that on the other side. But first, I want to tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. It's game time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Uh, you know, they've got some, whether, you know, you're looking for some tickets to the Leafs game, a Raptors game, got the Jays, the new ballparks opening up. You can find those uh, all the, always on the Game Time app. It's the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets as 
well. Uh, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Uh, snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem the code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Leafs with a game day tonight, Columbus in town. And there is a possibility, David, that Ryan O'Reilly could return. I was speaking with uh, TSN hockey insider Darren Dreger a week ago, and uh, he noted that the what he w- had been hearing was the target date was this game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It gives them six games. Maybe he doesn't play all six, but at least six games to get himself up to speed, game speed at the very least, um, you know, coming off of the uh, off the finger injury. And tonight they're kind of aiming for it. However, he did note that he's not going to push it if he doesn't feel like he's ready to come. That said, he has been practicing with the group. He was in a non-contact red over the weekend uh, on Friday. So perhaps that does mean that he's inching closer to getting the sign-off and uh, being ready to return. Um, and that would be a, a nice welcomed boost for this team going up against Columbus tonight, wouldn't it? It would be because you want to see Ryan Raleigh get a few games before the playoffs start, uh, especially since he's been off for so long. I know that he's been able to skate. He's been able to practice. But you ask any player when they come back from an injury, they always say, you can never simulate game speed, game action in practice. So I, I think that's that's important. Um, and, you know, they don't necessarily need to play him in every game down the stretch, but they need to get him going a little bit here. And they need to get him going with the guys that he's going to be playing with, especially if he's not going to be playing on that second line with Tavares and Nylander. If they're you know, a lot of people are saying they're going to put him on the third line, I can understand why. And they got to get him with whoever's going to be on that third line so that that chemistry and that style of play that they want to play can be developed. Uh, you sound like you're opposed to that. You, you say, you know, some people are saying this, and I understand this, but the way you're saying it, David, makes me feel like if you had the lineup card, you'd be doing something else. I, I want to see, like, you saw, you see Tavares and Nealer kind of look out of sorts. Mm. And I think they might like Ryan O'Reilly can help. I think stabilize things a little bit there, and especially for Tavares, I think that defensively he's had his ups and downs this season. I think Ryan O'Reilly playing center helps shift some of that responsibilities off of Tavares, and he can be a little more of an offensive catalyst. But yeah, that that's only, that's my thinking. But again, if they do, if, I'm not going to lose my mind if they play him on the third line either. I just think that when I see what we saw and Sheldon keep going right to it with the Tavares and Riley combo, O'Reilly combo, makes me think that they really prefer that combo, just because of how how productive they were. Um, obviously, limited sample size, but there was some uh, you know production that you liked from them. Hell of a night in Buffalo, man. It was a hell of a night. But you were at that game, weren't you? Was that that game? I lost the hat. I told, made, right. made my donation. That's right. You did. Yeah, you, you tossed the hat. That's right for Ryan O'Reilly. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I do wonder how how different things are now today, though, than when O'Reilly was was first acquired and was first also put on that third line. Um, because, you know, to your point, I kind of I, I thought when he was acquired, I looked at him and said, OK, he would fit down the middle really well. Can he play in the second line? Sure. But if you want to have three deep lines and have a deep top nine and a shutdown third third line, that's what Ryan O'Reilly can do for you. Um, and I felt like that seemed to be what Sheldon Keith wanted. And, you know, the first few games he did put O'Reilly, Marner, and, and Tavares together. They were successful. Um, but then we saw him change things up, and O'Reilly went down to the third line before getting injured. And I, I do wonder, though, now that Tavares is struggling, if maybe we do see Ryan O'Reilly get pushed back up onto that second line and then maybe – you know, Achari or Sam Lafferty, maybe Camp ends up sliding back down into the three C hole. And then you can get, uh, you know, Big Z playing four C, maybe. Could Big Z be the four C in the playoffs? Big six foot six, 230 pound Z train? Maybe. Um, there's a couple guys who could definitely play uh, play down the middle. Sam Lafferty could play down the middle uh, if, if he wanted to. And, and Alex Kerfoot could if you end up having bunting playing up the lineup a little bit like that's the good thing about this team there's so much versatility um it gives Keith a lot of flexibility with his lineup um but i i i, I am curious to see um how ryan o'reilly is deployed with the struggles of john tavares and william nylander does he go on that line to start or again to your point if he sees him as a third line shutdown guy, start getting that that uh, that chemistry with those guys now because there's not many games to do it. No, exactly. Like I know that Sheldon Keefe has been known to be the uh, like the lineup juggler, but now is a time where you got to set things in stone. Like I think that first line of Marner, Yarncroke, and Matthews that's set in stone. I don't think that's changing. Unless the only thing I can think of is if Michael Bunting gets moved up there. We saw for a brief period uh, on the back-to-back weekend games. Other than that, I think that line is pretty set. But it's the, it's the second and third line. I, I cannot tell you what I think that second and third line is going to be. Just because we've seen so many different looks, so many different changes. That's something that has to change because... And I look, you want to be able to move things around and know you can move things around, but the the players need to get some sort of feel for what they're going to, what to expect uh, for the, uh, for the playoffs. Are you even a hundred percent confident? You know what the first line looks like? I'm like 90% confident. And that's probably the best I can give you. But like, would you be shocked if game one comes and all of a sudden Michael Bunting's back on the top line? Like no. I wouldn't be either. I, I don't think it'd be the right call. I don't think Yarncroft has has lost his opportunity to be up on the top line, but it also would not shock me again if just based on how Keith wants to deploy the lineup, wants to have more you know, defensively responsible guys in different positions. You know, I would say that Yarncroft's probably more responsible defensively than Michael Bunting is, which might be able to help out if if they do want a true shutdown third line. Maybe that uh, does factor into how Sheldon Keefe decides to deploy things. But again, Keefe did speak in his post-media, uh, post-game conference yesterday and said, you know, they 
they probably will continue to tinker a little bit and, and get a look at some things over the next six games here. I think they have an idea of what they believe works, know works, and think will work. But I think there's still a couple things that they're curious about. And um, there will be some, some you know, different looks, I suppose, with guys coming in and out of the lineup with load management and whatnot. You know, guys getting back into the lineup from injury, whether it's Ryan O'Reilly, Nolachari, um, you know, so there's definitely going to be some moving parts. So uh, be aware that things there will be a lot of moving parts in the next two weeks here in the final six games. All right, Dave, we'll take one more quick break. When we get back, let's play some cosine no sign, my friend. It's always uh, a fun little game that we do like to play here. Uh, so we will do that when we return. But first, how about a word from our show sponsor? Yes, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, and you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat healthier this year. If you're like me, when you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise on taste, then I got just a thing for you. You got to try Built Bar because it's actually healthy while tasting, while it's actually healthy and tastes great at the same time. I don't know how they do it, but. They maintain amazing macros. Usually they're coming at about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein and come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars over at Built.com. Now you can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head over to your local Walmart and you can go and grab yourself a box in the pharmacy aisle. Or you can go to Sam's Club and you can get yourself an even bigger box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro you can thank me later of course if you still want to go and uh get them online you can go to built.com and use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15 percent off your order so go to built.com to get 15 and use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15 percent off your next order Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. It's a game day as uh, Toronto will be hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets at Scotiabank Arena. We believe that Joseph Wall should get the start. We'll see if he ends up getting it. Uh, that will be confirmed later on today. And there's potential that Ryan O'Reilly could make his triumphant return to the lineup in this game as in uh, yeah in this game as well. All right, Dave. Um, we are going to play some cosine no signs, one of our favorite segments that we do weekly here on the show, where uh, you and I come up with a statement and we either disagree with the statement or we agree with the statement. So we'll cosign it or we will no sign it. Uh, why don't you go first with your statement, good sir? Well, there's been a lot of talk about Michael Bunting and the referees lately. And Sheldon Keith said that Kyle Dewis will talk to the league about it. Michael Sinosin is saying Michael Bunting's uh, relationship with the refs will now get worse as we get closer to the playoffs. I'm going to no sign it. I don't think it gets worse. I don't necessarily think it gets better, but I don't, I don't think it's much worse than what we saw happen yesterday. I mean, the game against Detroit was brutal. What we saw happen, like the fact that, it, he got the embellishment call on what what I thought was actually a pretty hefty cross check from six foot two, two hundred fifteen pound big boy Jake Wallman, but 
anyways. Well, I'll help digress on that one. And then I also thought that the 10 minute misconduct was ridiculous as well. Like, I'm still not quite sure exactly what the misconduct was for. Did he say something inappropriate that crossed the line? Was it the stick thing? I actually don't know. I was having that conversation with David Alter today. I'm like, did was there ever clarification on what exactly got him the 10 minute or was just like that whole altercation? And he's like, actually, yeah, we're not 100% sure. But uh, still, I, I don't think it could get much worse than what we saw happen against Detroit. Um, I don't know if it gets better between now and the playoffs, but uh, I'll, I'll no sign that it gets worse. The only reason why I have a feeling it can get worse is you see who is on the other side for Tampa. Yeah. Corey Perry, you know he is going to go Michael Bunting into doing something. Because it reminds me a lot like what Radical Gudis did against like last like Radical Gudis kind of tried to bait uh, Bunting a little bit like that. That's where I'm thinking like you got guys on Tampa that are just known for just they, they like I look at that game even against Boston that they played for the first six six to ten minutes of that game. Tampa didn't want to play hockey. They were just doing all the dumb extracurricular stuff that got them into a lot of penalty trouble. And I think they know that they see a guy like Michael Bunting, they're going to target him. And teams have done it in the past. I, I heard the Nazem Kadri comparison come up. I saw an article from uh, in the Toronto Star from uh, Kevin McGrand that kind of suggests that like Bunting is getting into that Nazem Kadri territory, and it kind of needs to he end. Is. He is. He most definitely is, and he's put himself in that in that position. There's no doubt about it. Like I don't feel bad for Michael Bunting at all. I. I don't even like necessarily blame the refs for not giving him the benefit of the doubt anymore. Like he's lost the the opportunity to have the benefit of the doubt. But um, I, I would have to think that the officials will even be on on a little bit more notice just based off of last night. Like I think there's merit if Kyle Dubas went to the league and said, "Can you explain like how?" you think this was embellishment and why he out of this entire scrum is the only player to get a 10 minute misconduct here. Like it, this is pretty blatant targeting on one player. And, and I would, I would assume that if that gets into the bug of, uh, you know, into the ear of the, of the league, um, maybe the officials will be a little bit less biased. I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, let Michael Bunting get away with murder or that they're going to call everything, just call it normally. Don't be biased. Right now, it seems as though they're legitimately biased against Bunting where they're looking for him to make a mistake and any little thing, they're going to call him for it. That's that's the part that's the part that's really frustrating is it's the little thing. It's not like a big pull, like a big hit or a very like a controversial play happened to Michael Bunting's like going after. It's just like it's a small little like scrum. Yeah. That's just getting into this bigger thing. I think that's what the refs are pissed off about. They just don't want these. And that's where Michael Bunting's got to be careful. You can, yeah. you can, you can tow that line, but, but the refs hate when scrums come out of nothing. Like they don't want those scrums. Yeah, he didn't start that scrum though. That's, that's like, he didn't start it either. Like, but, but he needs to get in there. Like I will also be complaining be like, Bunty, you can't be a bystander or something like that, especially if he's going to play on a top line with Matthews and Marner in there, like you got to get in there, man. That's part of your job of being the third guy on that line. So it is a little bit of a a catch 22 that he's in, but he does need to learn how to play on that line uh, because he's certainly being watched very carefully right now with everything that he does. 
All right, Dave. Uh, that's a solid one there. Definitely a good uh, a good conversation that that is being had right now in Leafs Nation and a concern, slight concern, that some people have heading into the playoffs. Um, my slight concern heading into the playoffs is it, John Tavares and the lack of of scoring at five on five. Just one five on five goal in his last sixteen games. He's averaging one point two five shots per game over that time span. Sixteen games. Um, it's, it's really been worrisome. It's been a while here. Like that's a pretty large sample size. So cosign, no sign Mitch Marner, when he returns to the lineup, which presumably should be tonight against Columbus should return alongside John Tavares to get him going before the playoffs. I'm going to co-sign it just because I, I just don't see Nylander and Tavares working. I don't know if we can take take a gamble that it is going to work. Like John, John Tavares needs to get himself going because the offense got to come from somewhere. And I, I think Cal Yarncroke's emergence on that line with Matthews, at least you can feel good about them being able to get things going offensively. And you can maybe afford to have Mitch Marner play with uh, play with Tavares. Well, I think can try. Sure. B- before Yarncroft and Matthews started to have some chemistry, Matthews and Willie had good chemistry too. And like, if, yeah. if you're putting Marner on the second line, presumably you're flipping those two. Willie's going up to the top line, right? So I I legitimately think there's a conversation to be had that you know, although Matthews and Marner is so dynamic and electric together. You know, spread out, spreading out the scoring and having all four of those guys at their best um, might be the better play. Cosign, no sign that one. Um, yeah, I can. I think we can co-sign that one. Yeah, I mean, you got to have balance. You, 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 I think that's been that's been really the Leafs' issue for the longest time is they don't have the balance, like. Right now, Matthews and Yarncroke, those guys are going, and you're not seeing the trickle-down effect because they're loading up that top line so much. I want to see balance in this lineup. I want to see the bottom six. Like I like the fourth line. The fourth line has found ways to contribute. It's that third line, the second third line, that just seemed so out of sorts that it needs something. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, that would help. Uh, that would help just, just a tad. Also, just let's not hope that Ma- like they're hoping on Matthew Nyes to be that solution as well. I don't think they are, but I'm hearing just from what I've been hearing from, you know, the the rumblings, the discussions, the water cooler talk was called. Yeah. You're hearing from Twitter, which the hell is Twitter? No, no more than you and I, pal. No more verified accounts coming soon. When is that happening, by the way? I thought it was happening already. It made it seem like it was like happening any minute. And then nope. Well, they made it seem like. April 1st, it was going to start happening, and then it didn't. And then I got something. There was a – are you verified? I don't remember if you're verified. I'm not verified. I'm okay. not that important. <laughs> well, they, they did a good job of getting a lot of our Locked On hosts verified. I wasn't sure if you were one of them. Um, but the uh, they they did send me – or they didn't send me one, but there was like a notification that came up at the top of my Twitter that explained like, hey, we're moving into a Twitter blue – and basically asked if I wanted to uh, subscribe to this blue checkmark Twitter blue thing. And uh, hell no, absolutely not. I could care less about uh, 
paying eight dollars a month for my check mark. No, thank you. I really could could not care any less. Well, you could spend all your money on a lot better things than a blue check mark, people. Yeah, I mean, like it's cool to have for free, but I don't think it's something that I'd be willing to pay for. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I would take for free that I would not be willing to pay for, and a blue check mark is one of them. Um, I I did see a um, and that's why I'm I'm just trying to look it up right now, a Twitter thread today talking about what we were just discussing, um, the difference between Matthews and Marner, and then uh, when they're playing with Willie and Tavares, like they just play better together, legitimately. Um. Hold on, let me try and find this, uh, find the, the exact analytics that I'm looking for here. And, and look, like, these things can change. We're not saying that Willie can't figure things out with Tavares. We've seen them have good spurts. But the larger sample size tells us it's not something that you can really bank on in terms of uh, being saying, yeah, no, uh, they'll figure it out. We got no worries with that. There, yeah. There's enough sample size to know that you got to be a little concerned. So I got the goal differential. Um, funny enough, Austin Matthews without Mitch Marner this year, 42 goals, 15 goals against, 73% goal differential um, without Mitch Marner this season. Wow. But still, 30 goals with Mitch Marner, 19 uh, goals against when those two are out on the ice. Um, when he's with Nylander, 38 goals for only 13 against 74% goal differential in Toronto's favor when Matthews and Nylander are together. So they're actually Matthews has been on the ice for eight more goals at five on five went on a line with Nylander this season than he is with Mitch Marner, which I find to be kind of interesting. Um, as for Nylander and Tavares, oof, only 17 goals they've been able to score together at five on five. They've allowed 21 against, which is a negative goal differential, only 44%. Meanwhile, John Tavares and Mitch Marner, 30 goals for, only 16 against, 65% goal differential went out there on the ice together. Um, I mean, that really just just says it all to me, does it not? Like, it, it just, it totally says it all to me. Uh, William Nylander, without John Tavares, 69% goal differential. Uh, Tavares without Nylander, 60% goal differential. But when they play together, 44%. Like, it's just wild how they are just unable to play together. But Tavares and Marner, they were great. Nylander and Matthews, they were great. The numbers would suggest that that might be the better play. And they're all about the numbers. I, I, I just, I don't know... I'm not talking expected numbers either, people. I'm talking real-life goals for, goals against. Way more goals are being scored with those guys paired up as Matthews, Nylander, and Tavares, Marner than they are vice versa the way that they are right now. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, at this point of the – at this point, you got to go with what's going to give you the best chance. I understand you want to give your guys the benefit of the doubt that they're going to pull through – you, there, there's no more of this. Uh, we'll see what happens. Like, no, go with what you think is going to be the best option 
heading into the heading into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. That'll do it for us here today. Enjoy the game tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Columbus, Toronto, puck drop, 7 p.m. down at Scotia Bank Arena. I believe it's a TSN television and radio broadcast. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to run into uh, the Tapman and Frankie Corrado down at the uh, down at uh, the the box tonight down in um, what do they call it the media gondola that's what they call it the we'll Foster see. Hewitt media gondola I believe that's it called. yes that is exactly what it is called the Foster- I go there far less than you do yes yeah I haven't been in a long time though I realize like legitimately I have not been there since before. For the O'Reilly trade. Since Ryan O'Reilly became a Maple Leaf, I haven't been to a game. With them being on the road for a while, they went on that West Coast road trip like as soon as they traded for him. And then uh, I went on vacation. And then I just was unable to go to the game yesterday. Like I just have not uh, I have not been able to make it out to many Leaf games in the last uh, two months. But I'm hoping to make it down to the game tonight, and I'm hoping that Toronto gives a good effort against a terrible Columbus team. Terrible Columbus team. Yeah, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, that'll do it for us. For that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. Let me get those words out there for you. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast and all podcasts and for- platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Actually, before we leave, I do need to show you. I got the most random Twitter follow today. Most random Twitter follow. I'm going to uh, see if I can pull it up on my uh on my phone here they'll show up right yeah i don't know if you can read this or not uh up oh, your mirrored uh, let's see andrew i can't read the other name it's it's backwards for well, how many other andrews do you know that were former maple oh, Leaf? well i can't it's uh, ladies and gentlemen I, i'm gonna show when mike sees the video he's gonna see that that i'm like reading it backwards i know it's backwards but i thought you could at least read backwards i didn't realize that uh i i can do that is one thing i cannot do <laughs> anyways what, i, I what knew it was backwards but uh, I hate to say it, my rela- my 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 feelings on Andrew Raycroft are not the best. Yeah, I would imagine that would uh, that would be the beautiful case. goalie mask. I will say he had a great goalie mask when he was in Toronto, but that's the only thing I really liked about. I him. don't remember uh, who I don't remember who he got who he was traded for. I I can't seem to recall. Anyways, that'll do it yeah, for us. Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> that'll do it for us here on the podcast. We'll uh, we'll recap tomorrow's game. Uh, tonight's game rather uh, Leafs and Blue Jackets so return we'll have another episode for you guys tomorrow but until then keep locked right here on Lockdown Leafs